This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Today, you're getting another bonus episode. Isn't this fun? We're doing these on Mondays right now, at least for right now. So this is episode 269, and my guest is Elise Cranny. Elise is having quite the year. She became an Olympian last year. She ran in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo in the 5,000 meters, which was so cool to see her do. You know, Elise was first on this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. And to see how much she's grown since then has just been so cool. She is now dipping her toes. And when I say dipping her toes, I mean, she just about broke the American record in the 10,000 meters. She's now number two American in the 10,000 meters. She ran a 30 1466. She's recently become the American record holder for the indoor 5,000 meters in a time of 1433.17. She is a part of the Bowerman Track Club and has made so many huge, huge steps in her career over these last two years. Definitely one of the top women to be watching on the track. And so I caught up with Elise after she almost broke Molly Huddle's American record in the 10,000 meters. And it's definitely going to happen. This is still a fairly new distance to Elise. She's more, she's more focused in the past on the 5,000 and the 1,500. So it's pretty exciting to see her take on this new distance. You're going to hear about her training, her mindset, and all about that race in this episode. And I want to mention... You know, these bonus episodes that are coming out on Mondays right now, these are recorded on Instagram Live. So the audio quality is not up to par with my regular episodes, but I just feel like they're valuable, fun conversations. And I want to make sure I drop them here as well in case you miss us on Instagram. Um, follow me on Instagram though. I'm lindsayhine 626 because I've been doing some fun lives like this and I always love it when you can join us over there and chime in and you know, when, when listeners and people that are watching ask questions, we try to get those answered in the conversation as well. All right. And th- these are interruption free. So you don't put sponsors in the mid-roll spots from the IG live conversations. But I do want to let you know that sponsors of this podcast, along with you wonderful listeners, make it possible. And today's sponsor, I want to just shout out Koros. If you are looking for a new watch and you want a good GPS watch that is easy to use and accurate, when you go to Coros.com, you can get a free band with the purchase of any watch. So just make sure you add an extra band to your cart when you're ready to check out with your watch. And then at checkout, you'll add your promo code, which is another, and that'll take off the cost of that free band. And they have lots of fun colors. So go get yourself a free band. Um, that's Coros.com. And I have had the same Coros watch since 2018, and it's still running really well. I haven't had any problems with it. It's really easy to program workouts, and I just love it. And so many of the pros are using it now, too. It is the watch. So go to Coros.com, use the code ANOTHER to get that free band with your purchase. Um, all right. Enjoy this episode, friends, with Elise Cranny. Go, Elise. 
Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for doing this. Of course. You have just what? been slaying lately. <laughs> Thank you. I know it's been a while since we last talked and I was on the podcast with Emily. I feel like that was like, yeah, a long you, time ago now. <laughs> yeah, you were very, I feel like you were very new to the Bowerman team when we did that interview. Yeah, I think I had like, I recently joined and I think that was one of like the first podcasts I'd ever done. I remember I was like so nervous. Emily was like chatting away. And I was, oh, like, she's yes. A, she's a seasoned oh. veteran. <laughs> yeah, Emily was like, the story is that she was one of the very first pros I ever had on the show. So I remember, I remember, oh, I was doing those fun Friday episodes and I was like, who from your team do you want to join you? And she was like, Elise Cranny. <laughs> I feel like that was like, yeah, I think that was like during the beginning of quarantine or something. And it was like the two of us working out. Um, yes. It was like just the two of us were in like a small group because we couldn't work out as a as a team. So <laughs> that's it. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, friends, if you are joining from Elisa's page, I'm Lindsay Hine and I host the podcast. I'll have another where I interview mostly professional runners, but also everyday athletes as well. And Elise, I wish I had the episode number. But she came on the show with Emily Enfeld, and we had a good conversation when she was new to the team. And look, you have, like, so many things have happened in your career since we talked. You are an yeah. Olympian. <laughs> I know, a lot of things. It's like, I think it's been a little less than two years, but I just, yeah, I feel like a lot has happened. Debut 10K, Olympics, yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess let's start off with this. Like, looking back to then – when we first talked, when you first became a pro, what would you tell yourself? Like it now looking back hindsight, you've become an <laughs> Olympian. You just broke an American record in the indoor 5k. You almost just broke the outdoor 10,000 record. Like what would you tell that young woman? Oh man, that's such a good question. I think the first thing I would say is patience. Like I think when I joined the group and you see like, what incredible things people have done and are doing and you're like getting your butt kicked in workouts. You're just like, Oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get there? And I think, um, just if I would have told myself, you know, it just like takes a couple years of consistency for everything to come together. Like just have patience. I think I would have saved myself a lot of like angst in the, in the moment when you're like, you know, wishing to be somewhere that, that you're not quite. What has been the biggest game changer in the last like year, I guess, since you made the Olympic team? Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just like the consistency and getting like the strength. And I think that's something that, you know, in distance running, you can't rush, even though you like want to get somewhere sooner. It's like, you can't rush just like the consistent, like putting together the like weeks and months and years of training. And I think like since joining this group is just like, I find that the longer I can like you know, really prioritize like staying healthy and not missing any big chunks of training. Like the strength just like keeps building off each other and like from year to year. And it's like, you know, then you are just find yourself like handling the workouts better or you find yourself like being able to feel like, yeah, you're recovering better from the workouts and better able to handle the run. So I think, I think that's been the biggest piece. How do you stay healthy? Like how, when Jerry or Shalane give you workouts and you're having a moment or a week where you're like, things are feeling off. Like, how do you have the confidence and know, like, I need to take a step back. Like I need to address some things instead of push, push, pushing. Yeah. I think that's something huge that I've learned. I feel like in the last 
couple years that have like allowed me to stay healthy is like taking, you know, like a down week every couple weeks. So like usually every three weeks, I'll like drop my mileage and like, maybe, you know, take a day off or take like a shorter day. And I think like you said, really paying attention to your body. Like, I think that's actually something that um, Emily Enfeld really taught me when I first joined was she was like, um, before all my injuries, she's like, I'm like, feel like they come out of nowhere. But then when I look back at my training log, I realized that I wrote like tired, 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 tired mm. for like a lot of days in a row. So I think trying to keep track of that and also like pay attention to that when it's happening of like, okay, maybe I need to like take a day off or, um, you know, cut a gym session here. And I think I used to be very like rigid in terms of like, I don't want to do that. And then you realize, you know, that doing that and making those small changes, like, have you avoid taking off like multiple weeks or months by just like being smart for a couple days so I think that's like a huge lesson that I learned listen friends for all of you runners out there like me who aren't trying to break American records take that <laughs> advice we all need that advice whether we're competing on a world stage like you or just running to run because we love it yeah um, Colleen Quigley in the comments saying we love Elise Cranny <laughs> we love steeple squigs <laughs> what's that, i'm curious what's that like for you to um have so much support from women who not only are on the team but you know someone like colleen in the comments or emily i'm you know i'm sure it's been so bittersweet to see these women who you've looked up to move on from the team but you still get that support you're still super supportive of each other what's that like yeah, it's so special. I think, I mean, it is so bittersweet, especially like with both Emily and Colleen, like having lived with them in like my first couple altitude camps and they just like taught me the ropes of professional running, but we were just up in Flagstaff and both of them were actually there training. So we got to see um, both Colleen and Emily, like go over to Colleen's house for a couple dinners, which was awesome. So just being able to, um, you know, stay in contact and like, um, yeah, Colleen, made this incredible zucchini bread after the um, indoor American record. So just like to have people that still support you, it's like really special. And I think the community of, of, you know, professional running is really special in that way. It's like, we all know um, we have ups and downs at different times and um, it's a really hard thing to do, but also like a really special thing to do. So. I imagine these are the things you hoped for and envisioned though, when you chose to go to Bowerman. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that was a big part of me deciding to come here is just seeing, you know, people on the team that like have medals or have set like, you know, American records or like making teams. And I think, you know, I was like, I want to do that. I want to, you know, be up there with them. And so I think that, again, kind of that goes back to the beginning of like, I think it makes it really hard when you first join because I was like, wow, I am so in over my head. But then I think, you know, just like learning from them and continuing to stay the course is um, you know, what then just allows you to then be up there doing what you like once dreamed of when you first joined the team. So good. Um, let's talk about the race this weekend. I guess, was it last weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Like one point, was it 1.5 <laughs> seconds from Molly Huddle's American record? Talk yeah. to us about feelings going into the race and goals and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I was really excited going into the race. Um, we had been up at Flagstaff for like two months and I felt like um, I had um, my first 10K had been a year before and I was like, I felt like I was kind of mastering some more of um, just like how to 
go about like the 10k workouts and kind of that like really long grind is something I was not used to. Um, so I was really excited. And I think um, just knowing that sound running was like putting on a really cool event and that they were able to get the pace lights and, um, mm. you know, they were going to have spectators for the first time in a while. So that was all like very exciting um, going into it. And then um, really grateful that one of our um, younger teammates who just joined Lucia, she paced 3k and Taylor Warner helped. And so um, that like really got the race started off on the on the right foot. And yeah, then the energy um, was just amazing from like the spectators and everyone that was there watching. Okay, can you tell everybody about the lights? Because I don't think many people other than like, let's run people and that that crowd of <laughs> fans like what are, what's the deal with the lights and how do they help you yeah so they it's like i feel like it's a newer thing but they can be set to you can set them to a specific pace so essentially they can help um a pacer because the pacer will just run with the lights and it will be you know exactly even so it helps kind of get in a rhythm and then if you have the pacer you know stop it's like a really good way for you to kind of gauge um, where you're at, like you can keep getting splits, but it's nice to just be able to like essentially run with the lights as like another form of like a pacer. So they're like lighting up on the track as you go. Yeah, they're like basically along the rail on the inside. So when you like, you can kind of run next to them and they're moving at the exact pace that that you want to be running. So it's pretty cool. I had that's never just, really been yeah. in a race with them before, but it's I was cool. going to say, that's really hard to orchestrate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, let's talk about the 10k, though. Because like you said, you had first debuted the 10k just a year ago. And now you're so close to breaking the American record. I'm not sure where this conversation was when we first talked. But you are definitely not a 10k runner yet. Definitely. Let's talk about that progression and decision to dive into it. Yeah. Um, Jerry first talked to me about it. Um, like, I guess it would have been like fall of 2020. I think we had started to see like me just make some progress in like the strength side of training. And, um, I think he was like, we should try 10 K. And I remember at first being like, absolutely not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, Cause like you said, the last time I talked to, you, I feel like I was maybe, maybe dabbling in the 5k a bit, but even then I think I'd only run like one or two as a professional. Like I was primarily 1500. So uh-huh. the, the 10k seemed, seemed a long way off, um, from that. But I think, um, I knew that just from a like training perspective, like I, after having left college, I was like, I can make I know that I need to make a lot of like progress and really focus on developing like the aerobic and the strength side of things. So I think in some ways when he first said that, I was like, oh, okay, this will just be kind of a way to focus on something like new and exciting and try a new event, but also, um, you know, just like become a like stronger, better athlete for, you know, the 1500 and 5k. Um, so I feel like I still wasn't really sold on it at first but yeah it's de- it's definitely growing on me now and I feel like I'm learning so much about the um event still I mean even like this year like we just we went out quite a bit faster the first 5k so like I feel like I learned a lot of just like how having to like deal with that fatigue like you feel really good and not like I don't know I got a little excited maybe early on and I think that came to bite me a little bit like the last mile but I think just kind of learning you know kind of where that line is in the 10k and like being patient but also um you know pushing hard enough but not you know doing it too early (laughs) are you glad you took that risk though going out harder 
Yeah, I am. I am because I think it was, I mean, I think it was a really different way for me to run. And I think that's really something also when you ask about, you know, kind of what has changed since the Olympics this summer, I think, um, just really for me working on the like mental side of things and wanting to focus on like taking more risks. I think it just wasn't, you know, like super comfortable, like leading or, you know, yeah, like maybe, you know, going faster at the beginning or something. And I think just, again, as I've kind of, you know, gained some more strength and consistency, I'm trying to, you know, work on those other skills of like, okay, can you take some risk? Can you maybe, you know, push a little harder and then learn to kind of like weather the storm the second half. So I think just like getting more tools in the toolbox and like learning kind of how to hone those different skills has been really huge for me. Did Molly Huddles, did she say anything to you about the race? <laughs> she um she commented back on my Instagram because I had said something about how like I outkicked the lights but the lights were like set slightly off so I was like I still <laughs> I still can't get Molly Huddle but <laughs> so she yeah she had some nice words there but I mean I kind of I said this in a couple you know post-race interviews like it's just been like it's awesome to even be like that close to her like her and Shalane and you know, people that are on the all time 10 K list are people that I feel like I've looked up to since I was like just getting into running. So, um, to be able to, you know, be close to that and, um, you know, be just like looking up to her is, is really special. Do you think it's settled in? Like, does it still feel surreal? Yeah, it definitely still feels surreal. <laughs> I feel like, especially like just still in the 10 K, like, I'm just like, wow. Like if you would have told me two years ago that, I would be like, you know, trying to like get the American record in the 10k. I don't know if I would have um, believed you. But yeah, just like the whole, yeah, the whole kind of like race and that weekend was was really surreal. Like I said, just the energy from the crowd and then, you know, kind of just racing, like we said, you know, more aggressively and in, in a completely different way, I think, um, and to come so close. And I think for a while, like at first, I was driving myself crazy because I was like, how did you not find a second and a half in 25 laps? <laughs> I was talking to Jerry and he was like, yeah, he's like, at least it's even worse if you like divide that and figure out like uh, how much it is per lap. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like two strides fast. Like per lap. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's like, you know, trying not to like focus on that, but focus on, you know, the fact that like I was so close and I couldn't have dreamed like a while ago of, of being that close and like being in the company of like Shalane and Molly Huddle. So that's something that's really special. I was just interviewing Bob Kennedy about mostly about um, parenting stuff, like because his daughter is running pretty competitively in high school now. And um, I kind of wanted to just get his perspective on like what it's like coming from being like a really good athlete yourself and watching your kids go through this process. Anyway, that's beside the point. The point is I asked him what is one of the most exciting things he's seen in running over the past year. And he mentioned performances like what you just did and what Grant Fisher just did because you're doing these like crazy times on these event stages that aren't like diamond leagues, you know? So how do you think you drum up the motivation to run so fast at an event like this when it's not like, technically like a higher stakes event. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, I mean, thinking back, I kind of think that's where like the races we did, were able to do with just our team during COVID were actually really helpful. Cause I think 
um, yeah, you had like no fans, like nothing. And I think, um, so now I think, you know, doing a meet like sound running, even though it's may not be like a diamond league is like getting those fans. There is just like so much energy. And I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I would have to say, I think the like energy of our team is something that's really helpful too. Um, you know, I think like having the guys around and knowing that like Grant and Mo and the rest of them are like, you know, going to be getting after it and knowing like the people that you're training with, like we're all trying to get, you know, the world standard in the 10 K. Like, I think that really helps as well. You just, I don't know. It's like you're, we're working together like day in and day out. And so it's like, okay, this race is like the fun part kind of no matter what the stage it's, more than it's more energy than in practice but we still get to like do it together and have you know the energy of our teammates and so I think I think that's something that's really special and I think yeah I just think throughout like all of COVID or even last year just even seeing other people in the running community just do all sorts of different um, meets especially domestically I think that's like something that's really special is just like the level um that people are kind of rising to at those meets and so it's like okay you don't have to you know always travel all the way to Europe for a really good meet but you can have things here and I think that's where like sound running has done a great job too of just putting so many meets together for people to like go after standards and stuff and I think it's really cool to just have those opportunities like right here close by yeah, thank- thankfully they're doing that. I mean, someone had to roll up their sleeves and, and have some innovation there with that. How important do you feel like that is for you all as the pros, fans of the sport, and just growing the sport? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's like, I mean, it's just, I think it's going to be a game changer for the sport. I think the more that we can have here and the more like really high level meets so that, you know, we can have those like, again, those PRs are like world or Olympic standards without um having to travel and I think that is you know huge for the sport here too like the fans of like okay you can you know you can go to more events in person because you're not asking someone to a fan to like travel to Europe for instance you know and it's like it's fun to be able to watch it live stream but to be able to like go to events you know in your area and I think that's what's really cool with like domestic meets being held in a lot of different places is hopefully you know the like fans of track and field can access like at least a couple of those meets in person. And I think there's just something so special about, yeah, the energy that you get like at a live um, track and field event. And so I think that's going to be huge in growing the sport and even just like, again, like elevating the bar. So do you feel like Jerry is going to have you focusing more on 10 K now? I don't know. I don't know. It was like a couple days. We just got back on Monday and I think it was on Wednesday. Um, We were just doing some strides at the track and I was like, when can I run a 1500? (laughs) How are you feeling about the 1500? I definitely, I want to go back and do a couple more 1500s. Like I think um, the 10 was really fun and I'm excited to do that in May, but I'm excited for some, hopefully some 1500s. In the near you put you put the bug in his ear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we have to talk about you breaking Shalane's American record in the indoor 5K as well. I mean, talk about two really exciting months in your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was a crazy weekend too. Again, like super fun. Um, that Shalane held the record. I think just like it made it 
you know, really fun. Like she was talking about it a lot before. She was like very encouraging of like, you guys need to like get this record. It can't be standing anymore. And then, um, you know, having Gabriella and Courtney in the race and um, Gabriella getting the Canadian and North American record. So, um, and I, I love indoor and I, I don't think I've run indoor since maybe 2018 or something, but I don't know why I just love running on the bank track. I know some people don't, but I feel like you just get in such a like rhythm and just kind of feel like you're like, you know, flying around the track. And so I was, I was really excited to um, get back to running some indoor and obviously Boston is, is a really fast track. So I was, I was excited for that race for sure. What did Shalane say to you after the race? Um, She, she gave me a really big hug and, she was like, wow, did you think, cause I think, um, you know, we started off our first K was a little, or two K was a little bit slower. So I think she was like, wow, like if, did you know, did you think that you could run in the 1430s like a couple days ago? So I think she was like really, um, happy with how fast we were able to run and how fast we could close. And like I said, it was just like, it's really special that you have, you know, a coach that's like so supportive and like, wanting you to break her record and, and be there to celebrate with you after. Yeah. I mean, but that was by a lot. 14 seconds is a lot. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really, that's, I think what she was kind of saying after is like, I didn't really realize cause we were like at 15 flat pace through the first two K. So I didn't exactly realize how mm, fast we would wow. run. So when I was like crossing the line, I was like, wow, we're, we like really ran a lot faster than I thought. <laughs> And in the the back to the sound running event where you did the 10k where where you almost made the 10k American record, like was that so hard because you were by yourself so much of it? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I think like that's where um, you know Carissa's like coming back from injury, but like that would have okay. been like amazing to have. I was like, I would have loved to have another teammate or you know someone in the race. Um, because yeah, it was like seven K is a bit of a long way to <laughs> go by yourself. So that's where like, yeah, the pacing lights and again, the energy of the crowd was, was nice. But I think especially like the last 1200 or something, when it really hit me, I was like, it would be really nice to have someone because you're trying to like, not lose focus and not slow down too much. But you're like, Oh, man, get me to the finish line. <laughs> I bet you're missing Carissa then if she's I didn't realize she was coming back from injury. Yeah, yeah, she's, I mean, she's crushing it now. She just um, had surgery in October, I think. So, okay. um, yeah, I feel like we worked really well together in that 10K last year. Like, um, Courtney and Vanessa paced us through a far way, and then we were able to, to switch off leads. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, ah, oh, man, like, I need Carissa. We need to be switching, <laughs> switching off leads. And that was, you know, watching Grant and Mo as well, just, like, you, you have that, you know, extra – something when you have a teammate in there and you're able to you know work together and, and switch off and I think you know then you have a teammate help you through a time when maybe you feel tired in the race like re-energize you and then you can help pull them along too so I think it's like a good dynamic when you can when you can have that well we'll we'll get to the end here and talk about being an Olympian for just a little bit can you tell <laughs> us what it felt like to make your first Olympic team I know it's been a little while now but it's got to be one of the most exciting moments of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's still like aren't words for it. It's like that type of thing where, um, you know, you have some memories that are just like so like clear in your mind. And I think, um, you know, finishing the 5k and then 
um, you know, seeing that both Carissa and I had ma- made the team and then kind of doing the like lap around Hayward Field and being able to, I mean, I feel like that was one of the first times to have um, fans, like, and have like friends and family there. I just feel like that, yeah, like 30 minutes to an hour right after that race was, was really special. And I still, yeah, I still feel like I don't quite have, have the words to describe that. Dude, that was such a hot day, and you won the trials. I mean, I again, guys, I know this was a while ago, but I haven't talked to Elise since then. <laughs> so talk to us about mentally getting through that and, like, willing yourself to be like, I am making this team. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, yeah, super hot. I think, again, like, um, really helpful to, like, have Carissa, I think, have a race plan of, like, okay, we can work together that last mile. I think that was really helpful, um, especially when you, you know, you're halfway and you're like, oh man, it's really hot and we're all like really packed up. Everyone's still here. But I think, um, yeah, just staying as relaxed as possible and being like, okay, the last mile, we're going to give everything we have because there's, you know, a, <laughs> something very big riding on the line. Um, but yeah, being able to to do that together was was really special. And I think just kind of thinking about, you know, all like, the like hard work that we had put in to get to that point and it's like even when it's you know hot and there's a lot of other factors you're like okay we've we've trained for this we're prepared for this and um so standing on the line and being in the race like confident that you know you've done everything you can to prepare so you got to go execute what did you learn from your first olympic experience oh man so much i think um again that kind of goes back to even when you were asking like what has changed since the Olympics like I think it was just like such an eye-opening experience for me I think um just racing on the global stage for the first time and basically you know seeing watching other athletes and seeing what it takes you know to be up there and be contending for medals I think was just so eye-opening and also I think the way that the 5k is run on the international stage like you know Shalane and a lot of people were like, would tell me, you know, would tell Chris and I like how the race was going to go. They're like, Oh, championship five K's are often like very fartlicky. Um, but I think people could have told us, you know, until they were blue in the face. So we had to like get in there and you have to just like feel what that's like. You have to feel what it's like to, um, you know, compete against, um, people that I hadn't raced against before, but you've like watched for a long time. And like, you know, it's like very like aggressive. You have to learn how to like hold your space and things like that. And I think, um, yeah, I think I just walked away from that being like, I want to be much more um, intentional with my training and, you know, even in my like mental approach and um, so that I can, you know, better be able to compete on the global stage in the future. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that is intimidating, standing on the line at your first Olympics with when you have seasoned veterans who have been there time times before, you know, Olympics times three, maybe even. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's like you're standing on the start line, and they're announcing the names and, like, accolades of the people standing next to you, and you're like, wow, like, a lot of these people, like you said, are, like, two, three times Olympians, they have, like, a lot of global medals, um, and so I think that's something you know, that I learned too is like trying, you know, working to like have the confidence of like, even if you haven't done that to like see yourself as putting yourself in the race. Cause I definitely think looking back, like I wasn't super confident standing on the line of that final. And then I think that showed in 
you know, how I race, I think just kind of off the back of the pack, like the whole time, like I never felt like I was in the race, even from the beginning. And I think, you know, a lot of that stems from like your, my like mindset and, you know, level of confidence going into that. So like definitely um, something to work on as well. So you're not standing on that line, you know, intimidated by other people, but ready to like be challenged and, and put yourself in it. I wonder how much of that ex- experience is needed though, just to have that, right? Like next time you're going to be that much more confident. The next time you're going to be that much more confident. It's like you were saying earlier, like you can't fast forward progress. You can't, you, you, you have to be patient and consistent. And it's like, I just wonder how much moments like that, like you had to have that experience to gain the confidence you're going to need to do it that much better next time. Oh, totally. And I think both Chris and I said that like, right when we finished, I was like, I feel like we were both like, I feel like we could like recover and run this exact same race a week later and we would do it a completely different Mm. way. (laughs) But I think those are the moments that like you are like those turning points and like really important in your career. Like I said, I think that was like a really big wake up moment for me of like, okay, like how can, yeah, again, like how can I be more intentional in practice? Like how can I focus on those like fartlek type efforts in practice and, you know, looking at them as like preparation for the race or how can I, you know, work on, you know, working with a sports psychologist and working on the like mental side and confidence of things. And I think if I didn't have that experience, I don't think I would have made a lot of the changes that I've made in the last couple months that I feel like have made like a really big difference in my running just because I was like, okay, you see, again, you see what it takes of the people you're competing against. And you're like, okay, these are the things that, you know, it makes you aware of kind of like blind spots that you've had of like, okay, I need to work on my confidence because I stood on the line and I wasn't fully confident and ready to put myself in that race. Elise, we have to ask, are you like, is the marathon on the horizon? We're talking about (laughs) Shalane Flanagan, Molly Huddle. We all know what path they took. Oh gosh. Uh, Definitely not anytime soon at all. I think the 10 K is is my max, but I mean the, we've actually been, um, you know, Vanessa and I have been talking about this, a bit um because Andrea just joined the team and she's running um the New York half this weekend so we've been talking a lot about road races and stuff but I think especially seeing you know Shalane do her six marathons this fall just like the energy that I feel like you can see in road race like we we just like we want to we want to do a road race so bad and like those major marathons I just it seems like such a great like community and such great energy so one day one day <laughs> I think so. Get through, get through at least another Olympic cycle and then reevaluate, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, has Jerry like put the bug in your ear at all? Even though it, even though it wouldn't be for years. Uh no, he he hasn't said anything about it, which which I'm glad because usually I feel like once he gets an idea, like I feel like that was what it was with the 10K. It's happening sooner than later, so I hope he doesn't he doesn't bring it up for a little bit. Stick to the track for now. <laughs> Yeah, you're still so young. How old are you? Uh, 25. Yeah. Stay on the track for like five more years. Yeah. Um, okay, let's just wrap up with some end of podcasts that we normally do. Do you have a best, most recent book you've read? Um, oh, I read at Altitude, I read Let Your Mind Run um, by Dina Castor, which was really, really good. So I will go with that one. I'm kind of surprised you haven't read that already. Or were you rereading? No, I hadn't read it, actually. So I was, I know, I feel like I was, like, very 
behind the times. I feel like a lot of people had read it and have like raved about how good it was for a long time. I don't know why it took me so long to read, but I was reading it and I was like, why did this take me so long to read? It's so good. <laughs> Are you back in Portland now? Yes, we are back in Portland. And what's going on like for the next month or so? What's what's the focus? Yeah, I think we're kind of just going to get back to some training um, the next month, maybe a little bit kind of like a small little base kind of strength again. And then I think the plan is to go up to Park City like April or mid-April um, since the like 10K is now the 27th of May. So that kind of moves everything forward a bit more. So, yeah. Um, all right, Elise. Well, this has been fun. Last question. What, what show are you binging and do you have a recommendation for us to like tune out our brains on? Ooh, I, uh, my family has recently got me into, um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which oh, is actually nice. really good. Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I watched it like a couple years ago and I'm, I'm a, at least a season or two behind, but it's really cute. Yeah, I'm I'm still behind. Like, I think the fourth se season just released, so they okay. I'm, like, really far behind. I think I'm still on season two or something, um, but they were like, you need to watch it. It's just, like, a light – I'm always looking for, like, a good lighthearted show, so. <laughs> a good Ted Lasso-y show. Yes, Ted, Ted Lasso, actually. I'm actually really bad at watching shows, and I don't usually finish many or watch that many, but the most – Recent one, I think that I finished all the way through was Ted Lasso, and I absolutely loved it. It's definitely my like all time favorite show. <laughs> what do you do though? Like you have to like chill so much and recover. I feel like a lot of pro runners do get a lot of Netflix in. What do you do that keeps you from I know. doing that? <laughs> um, I usually read. I read quite a bit. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I, or usually, like maybe I'll watch a movie. I, but we were joking when we were at altitude because, um, one of the altitude houses, they, I think they made it through like five or six shows. And then the house that I was in, we didn't even make it through one show. We like, <laughs> <laughs> we tried to watch a show called normal people. That's like 12, 30 minute episodes. And we, only, we made it through like 11 of them. And we were like, what? We we're so confused. We we're like, how did the other house make it through six different shows? So I don't really know. I have, yeah, I have a really difficult time binging That's shows. So and I feel like my recommendation list just keeps getting longer and longer, but I'm, I'm not making any progress. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're getting more sleep. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. True. I'll, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, Elise, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad we could finally catch up after a couple of years. <laughs> I know it's been too long. Congratulations on all your recent success. And I know it's a big summer coming up with world championships and whatnot. So best of luck in these next few months. Thank you. Thank you again. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Thank you, Elise, for coming on the podcast. And thank you, Koros, for supporting this podcast. We will be back this Friday with another regular episode, which I'm excited about. We've been recording a ton of episodes to bank up so that I think I can take the month of June, possibly July off recording. So got some really good episodes. I hate to hold on to them because I'm like so excited about them, but um, it'll be fun to watch them drop as the weeks go on. So friends, thanks for being here. I hope you're having a great day. 
Uh, find me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. And I'd love for you to connect with this whole community in our Facebook group. It's just called All Have Another Podcast. So find us over there on Facebook. Uh, all right, friends, we will see you on Friday. Have a great rest of your day.